You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 36. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. He's just kind of like a, sh- a shmeeb. He's got okay. a crybaby, wears really weird clothes, <laughs> doesn't sh- doesn't like shade. He, like, he just like always looks disheveled. Um, that's why don't we like don't him. like him. Derek and Steve present... Bill Belichick having Steve Adazio syndrome. Terrible clock management at the end of that game. Is the word wild, W-I-L-D, a one-syllable word or a two-syllable word? How, how wild. Do- I'm going to say one. I'm going to say one. Wild. Wild. A lot of people like use... Wild. A lot of people say wild. Wild. Yeah. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 36 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek, alongside Steve. Steve, what's your favorite color? What's my favorite color? Wow, I was not ready for that. Uh, blue. No, blue. red. Red. Okay. Actually, I don't know. You don't know. Red. Perfect. Red. Okay. I think nice. red. Nice. Yeah, red. but I'm. I wasn't ready for that answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I say what's what's going on every week or what's yeah, happening. But I, last week I promised that I would change it up. You did. I'm surprised. Which you I remembered. forgot. I forgot. But I was listening through the episode to make our introduction, and there you I heard go. It, so. Good. Well, I'm glad you remembered. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna stick with red. Okay. Cool. What's your favorite color? I think it's green. Green. Okay, yeah. Cool. It was. Gr- it used. To, it was, yeah. It was, I think it's green. It's a pretty good color. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Not the best color. It's yeah. It's not. I it's mean, it's a top three. It's tough color. to. I didn't want to pick the best color as my favorite color because yeah. I'd be like a hipster. Because you know? you're not the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you exactly. want to pick a color that suits like yeah. your abilities and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Which is like average. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so green. <laughs> so episode thirty-six of you heard it here second. Welcome. Uh, we're getting closer to episode one hundred. We've been inching closer by one every week. Every week, except except for a couple weeks. A couple weeks, yeah, but yeah. yeah, every other week except those weeks, we're getting closer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, we got basically two halves for the episode for you today because um, we we want to get in and out so we can watch the in and out. Uh, what the debate? Yeah, just, oh, the I debate. Was repeating. I, I thought you had uh, something no, else. No, no, I was repeating yeah. what you said. In and out, <laughs> yeah. so that we can watch the debate. Yes, um, <clears throat> um, Trump versus Clinton is going to be yep. very exciting. Uh, I think it's going to be more entertainment than informative, but, but it's also very important. Yeah, <laughs> extremely important. <laughs> yeah, but it is a high entertainment value as well. So, yeah, so I um, think we're going to watch that. So we got to get this over with. So yeah. stop dilly dallying. Under an hour, so let's go. So. Two halves. Let's start. The first half is going to be all sports. We'll do uh, a few topics, including BC football and college football. We'll have Rob Ramundo on to join us for that. And then the second half is kind of a melting pot of a few different topics that none of them will take too long. So, But they're all great. But they're all great. So first, though, we will start on a little bit of a lower note. Obviously, uh, for those of you who followed sports over the weekend, one of the worst days in recent memory for yeah. the sports world. Uh, Sunday uh, from morning to night in the morning, the sports world loses Jose Fernandez, 24-year-old superstar on the on the Miami Marlins, mm-hmm. uh, dies in a boating accident. Uh, boating accident in Florida, just 24 years old. No. Um, boat turned over on a jetty uh, early, early on Sunday morning. Yeah, just a shock, absolutely shocking uh, loss for the sport for the baseball world. Really, it, ex- extremely tragic. Um, one of probably the most prominent young stars yeah. in baseball, very fiery personality, oh, which yeah. baseball really needs mm-hmm. or needed. And um, it's really sad to, to hear the news, but um, everything that's been happening so far is so beautiful. The Marlins all wore 16 yeah. and, and D Gordon just now, like yeah. 10 minutes ago, hit a home run on his very first pitch wearing. Yeah. Well, no, he took the very first pitch. He, he, he batted yeah. from the right he side, from the right side. He's a lefty with, with Jose Fernandez's helmet uh, yep. wearing it. He batted from the right side, took a pitch as a tribute and then switched over to the left side and hit his first homer of the season. Yeah. 
when he, he's, he's a year. starting player for them. First homer of yeah, the season. And everyone broke down. And yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's an extremely sad day for, for the baseball world and the yeah. sports world. Yeah. Um, but if you if you look up some of Jose Fernandez's, oh, he, not just pitches, but like how excited he and got. His, and, his story, and, even his story and the way that he came up. I mean, I honestly, from what I watched from that guy, I honestly believe that you know, where he was at age 24, he could have put himself into one of the best pitchers of all time by the end of his career. I, I mean, th- this guy was lights out dominant at 24. Yeah. So, and then just looking at the way the whole baseball community responded, there's, there's just no doubt about how heavy this loss is for yeah. them. Um, and it'll be certain, I mean, you know, it, it's almost a blessing for the Marlins that they, that they aren't having to play meaningful games right now because it's got to be so difficult for yeah. them to do that. I mean, and I don't know how you could play. I don't know how you could play at all. They canceled I mean, the, yeah. the game on Sunday, but I, they're they're playing a game today, which is Monday night, and yeah. I can't I can't even imagine yeah. one day after yeah. playing. And and to their credit, they're they're playing very well, and they're they're all very emotional. But yeah, I, I it's just incredible. Yeah, it's tough. So uh, condolences and prayers to obviously to the entire community that was close with Jose Fernandez, his family, and everybody else. Very very tragic yeah. loss. Um, later on Sunday, we also lose another sports legend uh, in Arnold Palmer on the opposite end of the spectrum, 87 years old, mm-hmm. already extremely accomplished, legendary in his sport of golf. Yeah. Uh, so very different than Jose Fernandez as far as the accolades that he had already accumulated go, but still uh, losing a legend in the sport, another another sad and tragic, maybe less shocking, you know, didn't have yeah. maybe the same shock factor that Jose Fernandez did, yeah, well, but he, still he very, was, very tragic. He was 87 and his health had been failing recently, but... Um, Still, it's tough to lose a legend in any sport. Um, yeah, so just a sad day for for sports overall. But um, I don't know. The, I think the responses from both have been amazing, which is which is actually good to see people rallying around both the MLB and the golf community. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so that's that. A little bit of an acknowledgement there, and uh, you know, acknowledging the very sad day that was on Sunday, and uh, thoughts and prayers with all the people that are affected by that. Uh, close to those two uh, iconic players in each of their sports. So. Uh, sad day, but we move on now uh, to the next segment, which is going to be Boston College Football and College Football, where we have Rob Mundo joining us on the show. Bobby Mundo, what's your favorite color? Green? Green. No. Yes, that's mine too. Awesome. Do you know that Derek said green? He, I said green. I didn't know Derek said green. So now you two both have the same favorite color, which is pretty lame. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of good shades a, of green, though. There are. <laughs> there are. Like there's mine's, forest green. Yeah, yeah. Just green. Cool. Mine's like the Celtics If you want to be... The sheep. Celtic screen, that's like the... Oh. If you're both going to just <laughs> be sheeple. That's the most generic green out there. It's just like <laughs> Kelly Green. It's close. It's close to the most generic. Kelly Olenek Green. Slightly, slightly yeah, Kelly Olenek Green, I think, Kelly. is the official <laughs> color in the Celtics NBA store. Yeah, yeah. that's what, that's what I'm going to go with. All right, so Bobby Mundo joins us for BC football and college football. So uh, I guess we'll start with BC, and then we'll move uh, towards the national scale. So where we have Perfect. starting here is Boston College sitting here after four weeks at... What I'm going to deem an unimpressive two and two, a win over UMass and a win over Wagner, and losses against their two ACC opponents, one of them in very ugly fashion. So, yes. what's your takeaway thus far from BC football? Maybe your biggest worries and your biggest uh, bright spots, I guess, over the first four weeks, and what you're looking for moving forward. Okay, two things before we start. First, thanks for having me. Hey, um, no really problem. Really great, really great to be a part of the show. That's recorded ten feet away from my bedroom. <laughs> Second thing is, on an NFL note, the intro to Monday Night Football. I haven't seen it yet this year. The red carpet thing that's on. Have you seen it? It's absolutely the most ridiculous <laughs> intro I've ever seen. Um, worse than Sunday Night Football, which is astounding. Um, so yeah, BC football. Derek, I think you hit the nail on the head. Unimpressive two and two start. 
one of those losses was uh, arguably one of the maybe the worst loss program history for nine nothing loss to Virginia Tech. Um, that being said, bright spots there have been a few. The defense remains, you know, what we thought it was. It's very good. I think giving up forty nine points to Virginia Tech is more of a result of the offense kind of leaving the defense out to dry. I think they had offense at thirteen punts in that game, school record. Um, you know, defense always playing on a short field, ton of snaps. So at some point you're gonna wear down. It was fourteen nothing right before the half, and they gave up a touchdown like a perfect throw. So nothing you can really do there. You can't defend a perfect pass. So defense has definitely been a bright spot. Um, we could kick PATs again. Yeah, hey, that's um, a good sign. Sorta. I don't yeah. think I don't think we've missed one yet this year. No, we missed one. We missed one. We we missed only one. missed we one, yeah. which is big very impressive. Which means big we're only on, we're only on pace to miss three this year. Yeah, exactly. Big change. Normally we used to miss three a game, <laughs> so that's a big change. Uh, another underrated bright spot has been the receivers. I mm. think the receivers are talented. Uh, Jeff Smith, especially. I also think Michael Walker is very good. Uh, Charlie Callanan's, you know, pretty consistent guy on the outside. So I think the receivers for a team that doesn't throw the ball are actually pretty good. So those would be my three three bright spots. Well, kind of segueing into that. So these receivers we have, we finally have adequate receivers at least. I, I think Jeff Smith is, is probably above average, if not very good. Um, but we need someone to throw it to him, which brings us to we were we were hardcore on the Tolls bandwagon. PT. Mm-hmm. Patty Tolls. Um, Defense is terrified. <laughs> they were terrified for a while. Unfortunately, it's tough to get excited about him now. Um, yes. And I don't know if – and we have had a few bad games, pretty bad offense for the four games we've had. But do you do, you do just drop this um, fifth-year senior and start with the future, which is D-Wade? And B, do you get a better – Nickname than D Wade for Darius Wade. <laughs> so, what nickname could we come up that's not D Wade? Because that's one, that one's taken. I'm going to take the second one first if okay. I can. Do it. Yes. I don't have a nickname in mind, but D Wade needs to go. Needs it's to go. It's not a good nickname. Oh yeah, D Wade needs to go. I mean, Agreed. first of all, not to completely get off topic here, Dwayne Wade as a nickname. D Wade as a nickname for Dwayne Wade is correct. Also, not that great, but it exists. It's even worse when you're taking a not great nickname and using it for yourself. <laughs> yes. So he definitely needs a better nickname. Second part is they. I'm of the mindset that they need to bench tolls. I think you play him if you think he's going to keep you competitive in the games against the upper end of the ACC. So your Florida State, Louisville, Clemson, Va Tech games, and he clearly couldn't get the job done for us against Virginia Tech. How much of that falls on him and how much of that's running our, you know, head into a wall on play calling is, you know, kind of difficult to assess because we're obviously not in the huddle, although we probably should be. So <laughs> I I think you play Wade. Tolls, although he might be better, is in a long-term solution. Like you said, he's a fifth-year senior, so this is his last go. So I think at this point, if you almost concede the fact that playing against the upper end of the conference is going to be tough sledding. I think you play Wade and get him the experience. I don't think starting Tolls or Wade is the difference of kind of getting the remaining toss-up so, games and getting to a bowl. Speaking of the toss-up games, so you sacri- so if the if the decision comes down to you could make a bowl game against this crappy schedule, 6-6 six yes. and six, with Tolls. Do you sacrifice a bowl game and go with Jeff Smith who loses two more games but gets... Wade, you mean? Or, or yeah. sorry, Darius Wade who gets 
two two less wins, but gets valuable experience for the future. Do you sacrifice the bowl game this year? So I would actually, I would sacrifice that. I however, you don't want to go to the GoDaddy.com <laughs> bowl in Tulsa. Well, the thing is, you know, it's investing in your future. I'd rather go five and seven, miss a bowl this year, and have an ex- more experienced quarterback next year, and kind of speed up the learning curve. But I also don't think that Tolls versus Wade is going to tilt the difference in those in those games. Mm-hmm. So you're basically looking at Syracuse, UConn, and Wake um, as kind of the games where we should or at least have a great shot at winning. And I think those are going to come down to just overall offensive execution. I don't think Tolls is necessarily bad or I think he's probably better than Wade based on, you know, we don't have much to go on, but given the fact he's starting, it's probably been more impressive. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's a game breaker in the sense that he's going to go out and tilt the field much in your favor. I think he kind of can manage and get it done if the other, if the team around him right. plays well. But he's yeah. to me, he's not going to be worth more than a field goal. Yeah, and, and, so I, and, and I think with both of these quarterbacks, we are still suffering from a little bit of a small sample size and that we've only seen tolls for a couple of games here. And Wade, we only saw a couple of games last year. Yep. Um, so, perfect opportunity this past weekend to test out the passing game. Perfect, against right? Against a, ter- against a terrible opponent. Against an FCS opponent that you pay a lot of money to just come be beat up upon. Like yeah, ba- you, you pay a lot of money for this team to be a punching bag. That's the way that the NCAA football world has worked for many years now. Live scrimmage. So, in the live scrimmage, Boston College not only gives up the 55-yard touchdown on the first drive of the game from Wagner, but they proceed to run 56 running plays against 20 passing plays. What are your thoughts on Steve Adazio's decision there to practice the running game against uh, an, uh, what was last year a 1-10 FCS team rather than working out the issues in the passing game? So this goes back to when you asked me what the low points were of the season. <laughs> the play calling, in my opinion, has been atrocious. It's just Adazio is very stubborn. I mean, at this point, I feel like I've seen, like I know what play they're going to run before they even run it. Yeah. And that's, that's watching every game live and not watching film. So I can't imagine what defensive coordinators are thinking when they line up against this team. So it <laughs> kind of comes back to that. It's just it's, you know, in an insistence on running the ball and establishing the run and against a team where you're gonna dominate them. It's- I understand wanting to work out problems with the O line and make sure that they're gelling and kind of there's some concepts they wanted to work on and make sure execution was pinned down before we really get into the meat of the ACC schedule. But at the same time, it's really tough to look at that and say, you know, the passing game is clearly also an issue. So it's tough to have them not work on that. But it kind of comes back down to the play calling again, where it's just their reliance on doing something, even if it's not working and the insistence on this is how we play football and not adapting in any way. It's It's tough to watch. It's that feeling that like Adazio is doing it because he's stubborn and believes this to be like, oh, we're going to ram the ball down Wagner's throat. Like that's what we're going to do to win this football game. Like, no, that's not. He treated that game like this is how we're going to win the game. Like like, this is like we're going to show them. Like, no, we're going to like start 11 guys that we find on the street and probably beat Wagner. Like practice some stuff. Yeah. I mean, I get you have to practice your run plays, get the offensive line to gel, oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But Certainly don't from Adazio's perspective, like this is the way he plays football. He did not change the way he played football. I honestly at all. think Adazio only throws the ball because he has to. Yeah. Like I I believe deep in my heart, there's few truths I believe in this world, and one of them is Steve Adazio thinks throwing the ball is a lesser form of football and only does it because you 
you can't run the ball every time. Like throwing to him is just a way to run more. Yeah, which is just it's <laughs> yeah. If you get a first down, you get to run. You get to run. Yeah. Also, another like fascinating concept that I don't think we've talked about, and maybe it hasn't occurred to Dazio is if your line isn't very good, which we've had some problems with the line this year. If you throw quick passes, it kind of per, it kind of covers up a lot of inexperience in the line because they don't have mm-hmm. to block as long. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting concept. You'd think a D one football coach in a like Power that. Five conference getting paid <laughs> Dazio doesn't like that over a million dollars would have would have stumbled upon at some point in his coaching career, uh, or so. at least remembered when calling plays. So. Um, yeah, so, so that's that's it. Play, well, to me, the talents there, just the coaching's the coaching has been a detriment to the team and unfair to the players and why we're two and two instead of three and one and I think against Virginia Tech we probably keep that one close. So describe Coach Adazio's tenure or at least this season or your feelings about Adazio in three words. What's your three word description of Adazio's coaching? Or three or less. Fire ASAP. Kind of cheated. Kind of cheated using an acronym. That's yeah, good though. I think, that's, yeah. I think that's technically five words, but we'll count it as two. That's good though. I, like um, it. I personally think they should have left them on the tarmac in Blacksburg, yeah, and not put them back on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been down with that. So, uh, lots to complain about with the Dazio and BC football. Moving toward the national scale, let's talk for a few minutes about some of the Heisman front runners and some of oh, yeah. the, the biggest storylines in college football. So. Before we get to your list, and I assume you have a little bit of a list for, or at least a rough list for Heisman frontrunners, let's talk about one of the big stories over the weekend, Les Miles and LSU. Les Miles gets fired from LSU after a very controversial slash weird ending to a game. Yeah, where, uh, stupid ending. Where essentially, I don't, I'm not even going to try to explain what no, happened, but, but LSU ends up losing a game that it looked like they might have actually had just won. On accident, they lose. Twice. Yeah, and so... I guess the you know I'm assuming that Les Miles still has a job if that call goes the other way, and then because of the way it's called, he gets fired this week. Um, he was kind of on his last draw for a while. What are your thoughts on Les Miles getting fired uh, from LSU? So I hate to see Les go because I think to me he's one of the the best characters in college football, and his style of coaching is why college football. It was why I enjoy college football more than pros. It's anti Adazio. It's it's just fun. I mean, yeah. his nickname's the Mad Hatter. Guys out there eating grass, <laughs> like you know, he just he just does it his own way, and he's willing to roll the dice. And it, it's t- it's tough to see less go. As you said, it's been a long time coming. Um, last year, he like was fired, but then yeah. the boosters bought him back in. It was very unclear what that was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, like you said, it's been a long time coming. I mean, for a school that gets as much talent as they do and is a real, you know, blue blood college football program, it's amazing they haven't been able to find a quarterback. Um, and that's really been the problem there. For all the talent they have on the line and at running back and even wide receiver, how many guys in the NFL now were, were all there in the last, you know, five, six, seven years and they haven't yeah. been able to put an offense together. It's, they're really the reason why he's gone. I do love that his final game at LSU was just the classic, <laughs> yeah. classic Les Miles esque debacle. Like what the heck's going <laughs> like on? Like what here? is going on? <laughs> he makes the, all the wrong decisions, but like kind of ended up looking like a genius. Um, but then they they lost. But it was just it was a great way for Les to go out. So I, exactly like you said, I think it was a long time coming. I think what really kind of is the nail in the coffin too is. You know, Leonard Fournette, before we get to the Heisman talk, is is perceived to be as kind of, you know, once-in-a-generation running back talent. 
So a lot of people kind of feel like he squandered him without being able to put together a competent offense. So um, I almost think having more talent on the offense the last couple of years has ended up hurting him because it's kind of there's no built-in excuse or anything like that. So yeah. um, tough to see him go. Going to be interesting to see who they get to fill that gap. Um, Hopefully Adazio. Yeah, I would <laughs> love he'll that. T- maybe maybe he'll could, take the job. I wish this was the NBA. We could trade coaches. <laughs> yeah. We could then sign a trade. Um, um, well, I would be surprised to see Houston's coach. I can't think of his name right now. He, I think he'd be an interesting fit. I feel like they're going to go after a real offensive guy, um, even though it's not really their traditional identity nor the identity of the SEC and kind of the football purists, if you will. I feel like the offense there has been so stagnant for so long that they're going to really try to go high octane on that side of the ball and wouldn't be surprised to see them bring in you know someone like Houston's coach or maybe Kevin Sumlin right. from A&M or someone's really going to air it out. Mike Leach, that would be fun. That'd be great. Get Mike Leach out. Mike Leach at LSU would be—he's so boring. Would dude. be all time. I'm done. I would love to watch Mike Leach. Mike Leach matching wits with Nick Saban once a year, guaranteed would be. That's I would pay to watch that. Uh, one last thing about Les Miles. I saw a really funny tweet um, about Les Miles. It said, um, "It looks like LSU now has." Less miles, but less was L E S S. I saw that tweet as well. Hold on, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull up the uh, the the handle. It looks like that was. Uh, it's pretty funny. Oh, there we go. Steve Steve Nicholas at Steve Nicholas one tweeted uh, tweeted that. Looks like oh, oh I tweeted miles. that. Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. No, I think fun. Derek's Derek yeah. stole your phone and tweeted it. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, so that's it for less miles. That's a funny speaking, tweet. Speaking of high octane offense, the last topic leads us into the Heisman. Uh, Did you actually where pull up that tweet? I, no, I just I pulled up your handle. I oh. noticed you. Um, <laughs> where else do we start with the Heisman discussion than Lamar Jackson? So Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of Louisville. I'm going to give an introduction to him and then pass it over to Rob for his list, which I am assuming that Lamar Jackson is on through four <laughs> games. Through four games this season, I just want to drop the stats on you because they're just they're just mind boggling. Through four four college football games, Lamar Jackson has 1,330 passing yards. BC might not get that this year. Nope. Um, 1,330 no. passing yards and 13 touchdowns and 526 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns, which combines for 1,856 yards and 25 touchdowns in four games. 25 touchdowns? 25 touchdowns. <laughs> 25, <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> 25 touchdowns. Who's that? He's, he's on pace for about 100. He's averaging a, season. a little over six touchdowns a game. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> over six touchdowns a game himself. That's incredible. Yeah. If he doesn't get Alone. hurt, I would give him the Heisman yeah. now. I just yeah. well, who like especially your quarterback on like a, a cool, good football team. Yeah, just give it to him with marquee wins. I mean, yeah. you have mar- a win over the number two team in the country already. You're number, you're ranked number three in the country yourself, and That's you're kind of swaggy. Like, and, yeah, and you're fun. Yeah, you're people, and you're fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So give it to that, him. Pass it to Rob. Here we go. So, so that's Lamar yes. Jackson. I assume he's on it. So who give, comes in give second? Us what else in the is Heisman. There? So, I have Christian McCaffrey, too, right now. Okay. Um, You know, a lot of that's kind of just name brand. Hype. Although, he did play very good. He's played well. He's played well their first couple games this year. So, he would be my two. He would be my two. Uh, TJ Ward. I think his first name's TJ. Or, no, Greg Ward. Greg Ward from Houston. They're undefeated right now. He's putting up big numbers. And then JT Barrett, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. They're rolling right now. I saw some article. I didn't read it because it sounded kind of boring and like super like numbers intensive. But like apparently, according to like the advanced stats, Ohio State before last weekend was the best team in college football by like a comically wide margin. Hmm. The headline said. Hmm. So take that for what it's worth. So basically, kind of you know, guys on undefeated teams right now. 
the Heisman's obviously shifted to as much being the best player on a high-profile team than, you know, best individual talent. Um, and these are all guys that play big positions on big teams. So, yeah, that's really it. I think it starts ends with Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't even think he has to keep up the pace he's no, been at yeah, because yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, he could average three touchdowns a game for the rest of the year, and uh, I think it's probably still <laughs> a strong candidate. Yeah. Um, they play Clemson this week. Where's the game? I just didn't know. I believe it's in Death Valley. Let me check. Because, I mean, that's that's a big one for him. But also, on the other side, you have Deshaun Watson, who came into the season as kind of another one of the front runners, also leading an undefeated team with national title hopes. And, you know, Deshaun's a gamer, so wouldn't be surprised to see him do something special this weekend as well. So big one for Lamar this weekend. But, I mean, it's basically him and a bunch of other guys playing football right now. Yeah, the game is in Clemson, so uh, Lamar will have to deal with the Death Valley crowd. Um, he's three, already three versus five. That's three gonna versus be a five spectacular is game. Coming to the buses around the stadium, yeah. go down the hill, mm-hmm. and that's coming very two, exciting. Coming two weeks after uh, Louisville goes three ver- or, or ten versus two, so they they face number two FSU. They get a week against Marshall, then they face number five Clemson, and then they have to. Uh, then Clemson comes into Boston College next week. Oh yeah, a few let's go. That, so. Then Friday BC, night game. These teams beating up play. on each other. But BC, if we can beat number three and number five in the country, makes I mean us, they won't both. Us, they won't still be that. We spin but zoning. That means that we're better than Bama. Right? Are we, we about can, to spin zone? If we can win out the rest of the season and if, beat oh, the number three and the number five team in the spin country, zone for a second. Spin zone it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing people forget. One, BC undefeated home this year. Correct. Two undefeated against ACC Atlantic opponents. Huge. Georgia yep, Tech huge. and Virginia Tech were both in the other yep. division. Pristine zero and zero. So record. that means we still have a shot at the division title and the ACC championship. Still in line. Love it. Here's the thing you win out in the division, you have to beat Clemson, Louisville, and Florida State. And beat then, those three teams. And then a You're championship. looking at only two losses. Get a win, redemption against Virginia Tech, or maybe win the ACC. Beat a ranked Miami team, the ACC championship game. That's a playoff resume. We could make the playoff resume. Went out, make the playoff. We could. That should be written on the wall. We 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 will have a game against three probably top ten teams. Yeah, left three top ten teams, and I assume you'll have to beat a ranked team in ACC in the the championship. Four ranked wins. It looks to be a year of a lot of you know crazy stuff in college football. I can see it. That's it. I, Ten and two. Playoffs. Spin zone. Cool. Spin zone. Let's go. Eleven and two. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Eleven and two. Yeah. Thirteen and two after the playoff. Yeah. National champs. <laughs> Thirteen and two champs. It's been done. All right. All right. So I guess Adazio is safe. So uh, anything else, Bobby Mundo? Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap it up? Before we kick you off. No. All right. right, Well, thank you for joining us. Great college football insight. We don't do a lot of heavy-duty college football. We never do. It's uh, always light duty. Good to to put it in there. So uh, thanks again, Robin. We'll have you on again soon. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Now we move to the other half of our sports topic, which is going to be about the NFL. We're going to fly through We're going to fly through it. We have 15 minutes until... In real lifetime. It's 845. We have to watch this debate. Right now it's 845. We've got 15 minutes. So ready for speed round. Let's go. Start. We'll start with the New England Patriots. That Suck. was Thursday Next. night. That was Thursday night. <laughs> I was at the game. My streak continues. It was in jeopardy with Jacoby Brissett uh, under center. I hate your streak. But it goes crazy again. They went 27 to nothing. The no contest at all. So what I want to do is I don't really want to talk about the Pats. I want to Neither do I, I. I want to segue this into the NFL because Let me talk about the Pats quickly. Okay, go. All ahead. right. So, my only thing is I think this 
is an obvious indicator that Tom Brady is not that good. <laughs> Tom Brady's just a, a product offline. of a system, uh, Bel- Bel- <laughs> Bill Belichick system, who in these three games his legacy has been solidified. It, it always so it, it always kind of was, but these three games really make it so that you can't say you can literally say nothing about him. He could, you could throw a garbage can in at quarterback and they would win <laughs> against the Texans twenty seven zero. So. I think Tom Brady's that garbage can. I think you just throw an average quarterback there, he becomes superstar. So I will acknowledge that it uh, it it gives it gives some credence to that theory. Uh, what's happened here? So there's always been an everlasting question of Belichick or Brady. You know, chicken or the egg? Like like would one have the success without the other? Belichick's proven his side of the equation and, over and over. And and I what I will say is that Brady probably will never have the opportunity to prove his side. Brady will probably until never, they cut him. I'm getting week five. <laughs> I'm guessing Brady's never going to play a snap for another coach uh, based on their their respective career timelines. But I'll take that what, bet. What I do, all right, we can bet offline. We'll bet okay. offline. Uh, what we do, what I do want to touch on though, and I want to segue this into the rest of the NFL, which we'll go over quickly. And I can just see a couple of the of the bullet points we have coming up, such as Fitzpatrick throwing six interceptions and, and Andrew Luck stinking. Um, Always. I, what you know, I, I'm going to try to do this without any Pat's bias, but it's don't even try. We it's talked about this it. last week. Is it not? Is it not a real reflection on the on the NFL that the Patriots' first two quarterbacks are missing and they're still the best team in the league? They like, have, they the, have the, the best. This league is has so many bad teams. They're in the it, AFC my, East. My head spins. Yes, they have the best three quarterbacks in the AFC. East. Like it's ridiculous. It's stupid. I know. It, it, and we we complain about the NBA all the time that they're yeah. top floating teams that you can pick all the time. But yeah. we should I be fe- complaining about the NFL. The, the NFL is kind of trending that way. And yeah. it, I don't want that because yeah. the NBA stinks. Yeah. it's tough to watch the NBA. When it's just three teams winning yeah. the championship all yeah. the time, now the NFL. I know, I know it's soon I mean, to say that, but it's you're right. It's too soon, but this is not a good sign. I don't think. Yeah, and, I think these games should be way more competitive. And, and, and it's coupled with just just ineptitude we're seeing around the league. It's like it's it's just it's crazy. But so that, that's really it. We just, just touch on that. Just um, saying the NFL's getting one, a little yeah, out of hand. We're just saying the NFL. Just saying it. Then fine. we'll move on. Um, yeah. One side note is that it will be interesting to monitor the Patriots' quarterback situation this week because Jacoby Brissett tore a ligament in his thumb in that Thursday night game. So it comes down to whether Jimmy Garoppolo will be ready or not. As of now, we haven't heard the Patriots He's looking ready. into any other quarterbacks. So it's. I find it very hard to believe that Bill Belichick would start a game with Edelman at quarterback and with no backup to him either. So I have to think that Garoppolo is going to be ready or they would have signed another quarterback. So, I think he's going to be ready. So we'll see. He should be. It's probably, it's probably a pain tolerance thing at this point. He's had an, a long week to recover. So yeah. uh, that's that. We'll see what happens there with them against Buffalo in the last game uh, before Brady's eligible to come back in week five against the Browns. That'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm. So uh, next question. Are the Vikings legit? Yes. Next question. One hundred percent. They yeah, are. They're the best team in the, the NFL. The, the, the Vikings. Three and Vikings. Have, the Vikings have an extremely good defense. We heard it talked about in the preseason. I'm not sure I totally bought into it because I, they don't have a ton of huge names on the defense, but that that's a heck of a team. In I'm Minnesota. in on the Vikings. Um, and you know it also new stadium. It might be something about the new stadium. Maybe it's that. It could just be Sam Bradford. Maybe Sam Bradford's hitting his peak. Uh, Twelve years too late. Um, so I don't know, but uh, you know you do have to give the Vikings some credit there because they decided, hey, we have a team here. We're going to go get a quarterback. Yeah, like, like you know their quarter- Teddy Bridgewater goes down with a torn ACL. A lot of teams would not sacrifice a first round pick to go get a rental, what most would call a rental quarterback, because they think Bridgewater is the quarterback of the future. Um, you got to give them credit. They 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 said, hey, we can compete in this division this year. We got a great defense. We got a good running game, good line, good weapons. Let's go get a quarterback who can be good enough to bring us. 
to you know what Alex Smith did for the 49ers and things like that yeah. where Sam a quarterback who's not going to make too many mistakes he's got he's got what you need to yeah. you put a to, team around to, him I don't I mean he's not a super winning quarterback he's not I don't think so either I don't think but so either he's, but he's going to get you excited about the Vikings yeah. so I'm in yeah exactly in. and that's you got to love a team taking that approach so and the opposite end of the spectrum everybody's favorite team <laughs> the New York Jets uh Fitzpatrick the Harvard grad um, finds a way to get his team six, six interceptions. <laughs> yeah. He threw six picks, yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, I could probably go out and throw. I mean, if I had to, if <laughs> I like, not a joke. If I had to go out there and they had to coach me around throwing six picks, I probably could avoid throwing six picks. Yeah, in the uh, NFL. Yeah. yeah, and he threw six. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe I read that uh, that three of his five. Pass attempts in the red zone were intercepted. <laughs> Love it. So Love it. Uh, so there, so Fitzpatrick just a debacle. I believe the Jets turned it over eight times in that game because I think it was they said seven. I think it was seven. But but then he threw a sixth interception when when they saw that when they showed that clip he said he had five interceptions. Yeah. And I was, I like the Jets. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm a Jets fan. My, my the Jets family, are just, I have a lot of family in New York. Yeah, they're, they're just so Mets. Jekyll and Hyde. It's un, it's unbelievable. I love so. it. Uh, next topic: Andrew Luck surpri- uh, surprisingly avoids the 0-3 start by winning, which still is sucks. which is which is unforeseen. Yeah. Uh, but they're still one and two, and they and he's still ba- a bad NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, it's not too much more to that. Yeah, that's all we have to say <laughs> is is that we're firmly on the Andrew Luck yep. sucks bandwagon, and we will use this to check in on two each of so far successes sure. with these yeah, yeah, with yeah. these picks. So Andrew Luck busts. Bust. That's a great I mean, it's a great he call. did have a yeah, great fantasy up, game the had, first he, game. Yeah, yeah. But as an NFL quarterback sucks. Sucks. And can't and win then, can't can't win games. And this week he that late touchdown gave him fantasy adequacy yeah. at the very end of the game. Because T. Y. Hilton broke a, a yeah. sixty yard run. But up out to of that tackle. point it was just it was a nice futility. slant route. Easy up to throw. that point futility. Uh, Jay Ajayi scores a touchdown yesterday. Yes, my Arian, deep Arian, sleeper. Arian Foster looks like he's Arian Foster's out, doing nothing. He's hurt. Um, Jay, Jay Ajayi mm-hmm. is picking up the slack, getting more yep. carries, yep. scoring TDs, Slowly scoring up, game-winning up TDs. Yeah. Um, my deep sleeper probably picked him up. In, you probably could pick him up free agency, free agency to be yeah. honest. Yeah, uh, might be a starting running there back for the Dolphins. On my side of it, Sammy Coates catching catching some long balls for the Steelers. He's had not a lot of receptions, but over fifty yards in all three games receiving. Uh, he's their deep ball threat uh, outside of Antonio Brown, who's not really the deep guy per se. So Coates is emerging, and then my even my deepest sleeper that I had, which was Paul Perkins, who's not even being picked up in free agency. Yeah, might want to jump on that because Shane Vereen now out for most of the year, probably all the fantasy year for the Giants. And Paul Perkins is almost definitely going to get a shot as they're receiving back. And, you know, the way the Giants kind of run the offense with Rashad Jennings being a little bit older, receiving back could become the feature back because that's what Shane Vereen was poised to do. So Paul Perkins, give him a pickup. Pick up Paul Perkins. I think that we should take Matthew Barry's job. So. People pick up Paul Perkins. <laughs> good one, good alliteration. That's the end of the first half. We got nine minutes left. We're on. We're on oh, the clock. Oh gosh! So we're gonna run through the second half. We better very very quickly. Okay. First one: movie review. Free, movie free reviews. State of, free State of Jones with Matthew McConaughey. The Free State of Jones. You may have seen the um, commercials. It's a The Patriot remix. It's just a newer <laughs> The Patriot, except about the Civil War. Yep. Um, a bunch of runaways, runaway slaves, deserters from the uh, Confederacy hide out in the swamp in this county called Jones. Um, as a, So my review of the movie, as a timepiece, very cool. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looks like they are injured. They look like they smell bad. They don't shave. They're gross. Um, 
everyone talks like they're f- runaways and they are pretty uneducated and it's very <laughs> like it, you feel like they're there like you feel like they're actually it's it's not fake mm-hmm. um a lot of unnecessary stuff in the movie um i, I think your yes. review is better than mine so you told me what yours is so i'm gonna <laughs> let you get to your review but i'm gonna give it 65 percent steve nicholas avocados not certified guac worth a watch kind of yeah you yeah. can honestly, honestly, I'm not even joking. I, I know we say this a lot. You could watch the first hour and 30 minutes and stop. Yeah. Like as and soon as they're done being the free state of Jones the and yeah. and they start getting off into the other stuff that Derek mm-hmm. will talk about, once once they stop that, stop the movie. Yeah. And, and we, I would have rated it like should, a 75. We should figure out the timestamp and be like, stop yeah. the movie here. Yeah. So I, I think actually it was way back in the beginning of our podcast. I think we reviewed the Imitation Game. I believe I remember talking about Imitation Game. Same on the exact thing happened. That's exactly what I like in this movie too. If you saw Imitation Game, it is about a historical figure, a person, a man, acted by a very popular actor, yes, an award, well an award-winning actor, a great acting performance. The movie is good while that whole story is being told. Yes. Then the story ends. And there's an hour left in the movie. Yes. And the movie becomes about something else that is very historically re- historically relevant and very broad. But the movie was not about that. And now the movie is about that. And that's exactly what happens in Free State of Jones. The It's about uh, Newt Knight, who's the who's the Matthew McConaughey's character. Fascinating story. He, you know, he deserts. He he is with these an army, uh, escaped slaves yeah. and he's, he's with he forms an army and it's great. And then. You know the whole army thing. It's awesome when they're when they're forming their army and they're taking over land and everything like this. Then it all ends and becomes about the entire like government, the entire like, who's civil president. rights movement, yeah. and, and all of this stuff. And it's like this is not what the movie was about. And it just like kept flashing to a future of court case that is so like irrelevant. Irrelevant. I mean, it might be. Yeah, it's part of the story that Newt that Newt Knight's like ancestors ended up, or sorry, uh, descendants ended up going through this court case like centuries a century later. But it's not part of the story they were telling, so it's just rel- they're like, oh, this is relevant. Yeah. Let's cram it in there. Yeah, and so and so that's what Steve meant with the whole like last forty five minutes of the movie. Just do away with it the same way I do away with the last forty five minutes of Imitation Game. It's just not what the movie was about. Uh, it's it's historically relevant. It's important stuff. It's 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 such a parallel for me and the yeah. way that those two movies ended up going. So yeah, that's it. And I give it sixty two Dragon Fruits, um, just slightly below Steve. Again, enjoyable to watch for the if it for doesn't have it. if it ends on like a really cool ending with them still in the army and like boom they get their freedom or boom they get their recognition. I probably would have like, gave it a high seventies rating. Too, I probably would give it like yeah. seventy eight, seventy nine. The last forty five minutes is just yeah. like what's going on? Yeah, why why do I care? What like yeah? And they try to make you sad. A lot of. Children deaths, a lot of yeah. dog deaths. Yeah, a lot of deaths that could have been avoided. <laughs> yeah, or just avoid showing. Just them. don't like, show you, you dog can allude deaths. to yeah. that. Like, there's filmic ways to do those kind of things. Yeah. So, all right, so that's that. The movie review. Five minutes left. We're, Huge we're on, news. We're on pace. Huge Taco Bell news. Um, so I did a little research. Found out that Taco Bell delivers via DoorDash. Um, it's one of those third-party delivery uh, services that you can order online and and. They partner with Taco Bell, so I can get Taco Bell delivered to this apartment. That's the good news. The bad news, I looked it up. I I, I did everything I could <laughs> <laughs> to make it as cheap as possible. So I, I ordered $6 worth of food, $6, which is a ton of Taco Bell food. <laughs> it's like f- four things, maybe a side, maybe a, a drink or whatever, like a box. Of, anyway, $6 worth of food comes to a $15 and something change tab 
with this DoorDash. So over double for <laughs> delivery and tax and charges and tip. So I was out on that on principle. I, I, I would have paid almost just less than double, <laughs> but if it's over double, I can't do it. So yeah. unfortunately, Taco Bell will have to, I don't know, figure something else now, out. Or, now, are the fees flat, though? What do you mean? So, like, you got a bunch of people over and you all got Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. I think the fees bucks. are flat. So, so if, you, like, if you order in bulk, I think it's yeah. worth it. Okay. Yeah. From what Good I could know. ascertain. Yeah. I mean, the tip yeah. might be based on the total, but, like, the delivery fee is, is should be flat. No, I believe so. Delivery fees, cool. six bucks. <laughs> All right. So, so there you go. Yeah. There you much. go. Anyway. Now you know. Also, last segment of the uh, second half, Cozy Book Corner. Cozy there you go. This is all you. Cozy Book Corner. <laughs> um, I finished a book, and whenever one of us finishes a book, we have the Cozy Book Corner where we quickly review the book. Um, I read The Last Hurrah by Edwin O'Connor. It's a, it's a fiction, but I would say it's a historical fiction. Um, it's about a Boston mayor, James Curley. Um, who in the book is called Frank Skeffington. We're reading it for my book club. It's actually, I think it's, uh, and which is weird, I think it's one of the best books I've ever read. I, I just finished it today. Unbelievable book. The ending is is beautiful. It, it's really, like, uh, spectacular, I think. And every single other person in my book club could not finish it because they thought it was so, like, not bad, wow. but just dense. It's just hard to read. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Um, I loved it. If you like historical fictions, um, if you like Boston, if you like politics, I don't even love politics, but, um, it's really cool. Interesting about a a big larger than life character who was a mayor in Boston for about four or five terms. Um, and it, it follows him through his last election, um, and everything that that comes with that. And it was a lot of fun, but uh, I would give it honestly 90% 90. Steve Nicholas avocados. The Last Hurrah by Edwin O'Connor. It's a big read. It's big, about 500 pages. It's thick. It's kind of dense. It's political, but um, very funny, very witty, very clever. Certified guac, The Last Hurrah. Certified guac. All right, so you get a good, cozy book corner to uh, to close out episode 36. So time for the final drive. Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go second? I'm going to go second. You go first. All right, first, Red Sox. Red Sox are on an absurd streak right now. Haven't been talking much baseball. We will when the playoffs start because that's when you really start talking about them, but... They've won 11 in a row, I think. they are just It's just ridiculous that two weeks ago this was an extremely tight AL East race. What I want to say is that I'm seeing reports that Pablo Sandoval might be might be coming back this year. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know, what to say. I don't know how to feel about it. I, don't should, know, I know how you should feel. What, what I do Bad. know, I, that's what I thought first, too. But Travis Shaw is is the, the biggest weak spot in the Red Sox lineup at third base. So I'm not sure that I feel bad about it necessarily. The way I see it if, it, if it's not a team chemistry hit, then I'm actually for it. Because Pablo Sandoval has always been a good playoff performer. So, is I'm it, in. It's a team chemistry hit. But that's what I that's gotta, all this that's team, I mean, find out. This team is a bunch of good players, but it is... It's chemistry right it's now. It's majority chemistry right yeah. now. Yeah. Supposedly, he's been in the clubhouse for the last two weeks. So, we'll see. That's it, though. That's it. Just a little just a little warning for you that uh, that I'm excited about the Red Sox. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about it again soon when the playoffs Th- Thanks for the warning. <laughs> Uh, my final drive is um, three weeks into life without fantasy football. Um, I'm not doing fantasy football this year, and uh, just kind of quick update. It's spectacular. <laughs> I really, really enjoy. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. It's really nice. Um, I watch games that I want to watch. I go make food and don't care <laughs> that the, I'm not watching the game. I can skip a whole set of one o'clock games and watch my team at four and not care about the one o'clock games. <laughs> it's pretty spectacular to to have just time. You, you don't feel like your 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 life revolves not life but you kind of have to know what's going on between one and ten on Sunday if you're playing yeah. fantasy football or at least you have to be in tune with it yeah 
if you can kind of take it a little more casually, you can go exercise like midday and, and miss the second half of a game that you kind of care about, but don't really. Um, so either way, for those of you playing fantasy, fantasy football this year, it's not that bad not doing it. It's really not. Um, I know fantasy football is a ton of fun. Yeah. I will probably do it again next year just because one year off, one year on might be the way yeah, I do it. But do it. so far, three weeks in, I'm not desperately missing it. There you go. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I would love to be this, have stress-free life during the football season. <laughs> it's so, stress-free but, life over here, Derek. But I don't have it this year. So That's it for episode 36. There we, we go. Got, we got to go. We got stuff to do, stuff we to watch. people to watch. We got some comedy to watch. So we'll be back next week for episode 37 of You Heard It Here. Second, until then, we'll see you later. There it is.